0: To be in the will of God, so if you desire to be in His will, just come up here and worship with me. Come on, come up here and worship with me. Lord, we desire to do what you want to do. Come on, just lift up your hands and worship. Whoa, your will is my desire. 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 You can do anything to me. You can go, you can go, you can go, you can go anywhere with me. You can say, you can say, you can say, You can say anything to me. You can do, you can do, you can do, you can do anything to me. You can go, you can go, you can go, you can go anywhere with me. Come on, tell him. Say you can say you can say you can say anything to me Your will is my desire 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 Come on tell them up your hands and tell Him, Your will yeah. is my desire." Oh, Jesus, Your yeah. will. I wanna be, I wanna be in Your will. I wanna be in yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. oh, oh. Come on, experience Him right now. Experience Him right now. Oh, His presence is here. You can do. You can do. You can do. You can do anything to me. You can go, you can go, you can go. You can go anywhere with me. You can can say, say, you can say, say, you can you can say. You can say anything to me. You can do, you can do, you can do. You can do. Come on, let me hear you guys say that. You can do.
1: You can do, you can do, you can do. You can do anything to me. You can say anything to me.
0: You can go. You can go. You can go. You can go.
1: Go anywhere
0: with me. Your will is my desire. Come on, get excited. Your will
1: is my desire.
0: Oh, my desire. Come on, shout it out. Your will is my desire. Your will is my desire, your will is, is my desire. Your will is my desire. Your will is my desire. Your will is my desire.
1: Your
0: will is my desire. Your will is my desire. Is my desire your, whoa. I desire you. Come on, just talk to him. Uh-uh, just talk to him right now. Jesus. I want to do what you want to do, God, what I see you do, I do, what I see you do, I do, oh, to love mercy, to love justice, to help the poor, to preach your word, whoa, I wanna do, I wanna do What you what you wanna do, yeah I wanna do, I wanna do What you wanna do, yeah Your will is my desire 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 Sing it out. Praise Him. Come on. Don't patty cake with Jesus. Just praise Him right now. (laughs) Whoa. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh God.
1: Oh Lord.
0: My foes are many. They rise against me, I will be on my God. I will not fear the Lord, I will not fear the storm. My help is on the way, my help is on the way. Oh my God, you will not delay my refuge and strength, always. I will not fear, His promise is true, my God will come through, always. Troubles around me, chaos abound me, but my soul will rest in You. I will not fear the war. I will not fear the storm. My help is on the way. Do you believe that? Oh. my foes surround me my foes are many they rise against me but I will hold my ground. I will not fear I will not fear the war I will not fear the storm my help is on the way. come on shout it my help is on the way oh my God Always I will not fear His promises true. My God will come through Always Come on, say oh my God Oh my God You will not delay My refuge and strength Always With my eyes up, my help comes from the Lord. Come on, sing that with me. comes from the Lord. One more time. Come on, sing it out. I lift. I lift my eyes up. My help comes from the Lord. Shout it out, Lord. Just praise him in this place. Hallelujah. We exalt your mighty name, Jesus. You always pull through. You always come through. You always come through. You're our champion. (laughs) You're our victor. You won. You won. You won. Come on, just hold the hand of your neighbor right now. Just hold the hand of your neighbor and just put your hands up in the air. You're not alone. As sure as the person that's next to you is holding your hand, I am holding you. I hold you close to me, I hold you close to me. You're not far away, you're not in a distant place. I've always been here, says the Lord. I've always been near. I've always been near to you, my little daughter My little girl, I've always been near to you Even in your darkest hour In your most shameful time I sat next to you and cried. When you thought you lost it all, I restore your innocence. I restore your innocence. I restore your innocence. You've been washed by my blood. You've been washed by my blood. Oh, I just can't stand the presence of God right now. If you're in here, you're not feeling anything. I'm sorry. But God is here today. You need to be aware of his presence. Be aware. God, open eyes right now. Open the eyes of their hearts, God let them be aware of your presence lord you were here before we stepped in oh you welcome this at the door you welcome this at the door oh you are our greeter our first contact You were our first contact. You were our creator at the door Oh Oh, just mess us up, God. You Praise them. Just, just clap, just clap, do something. I don't care what you do. There's nothing worth more. To ever come close. Nothing can compare. You are living hope. Your presence, Lord. I have tasted and seen the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence Feel it, God. Oh, let us become overwhelmed by your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become overwhelmed by your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory come on lift up your hands and sing that say let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your good one more time let us become overwhelmed by your presence. Let us experience the glory of your good. Just praise him right now. Whoa, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Your presence is so thick in this place. It's so weighty. It's so heavy. It's pressing on us. It's pressing on us. Your presence is so thick. Like the kabod in the ancient days. Oh God. Oh. Oh. oh oh Come on, do you got some praise in you? Do you have some praise in you oh. right now? Do you have some praise in you? Let's let it out. Let's let it out. Oh.
2: There is a cry, there is a cry, there is a shout when God is touching you. So right now is the time to cry and shout. There's hungry hearts. I'm hungry for Jesus Christ right now. Come on, whoever's hungry for more, whoever's thirsty for Jesus, for just his presence. You might have been felt it this morning. You might have felt it yesterday, but you just want more. Church, right now is the time. God is walking you into his presence be touched by him is where you can be changed it's where chains are broken sin is demolished conviction comes and changes your heart right now church I'm inviting you to come and press in you don't need the music it is your cry for God comes you seek him with all your heart soul mind and strength come on let's keep going
0: Cause heaven is all around us Heaven is all around us Heaven is all around us Heaven is all around F sharp Heaven is all around us. Come on, lift up your hands and sing that. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is all around us. goodness in the land of the living I see your goodness in the land of the living I see your goodness in the land of the living because heaven is all around us heaven is all Come on, just the voices.
2: Did you say it by faith again?
0: smile to your face, say Heaven is all around us God's not looking for a somber assembly, He's looking for a joyful people Say, "Heaven Heaven is all around us Heaven is all around us Heaven is all around Heaven is all around. Lift up a shout of praise right
1: now. Yeah,
0: you're here. Heaven is here. Heaven is here. Whoa. Come on, keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising His name.
2: I feel Jesus, I feel the Holy Spirit all over me right now, all over my lips, all over my hands, all over my body. Come on, I just feel God's presence so strong in here, around here. If you want to be touched, if you want to be, if you want to receive a touch, just get closer to around this altar because God's presence is here. Oh, tears coming down my eyes and joy. Oh, come on, you got to want this, church. You got to want this. You got to want this. God, just between you and God right now, don't even listen to my voice, don't listen to just between you and God, don't look to your left, to your right, just focus you and God, just between you and God, it's what God's always wanted, just you and Him, this is not religion, this is an encounter with Him. I just want to stay here, I don't want to move from here. Don't want to leave from here. Oh,
0: rabba Oh, dada Oh, Oh,
2: speak to your church God right now speak to us anybody feel like they got a word from God just go ahead and feel free to speak it
0: I nurture you like a mother I nurture you like a mother and I sing over you like a father I am the one who sustains and nurtures you, says the Lord. Do not look for your substance in other things, in the things that don't satisfy, the things that leave you dry, the things that kill you, the things that bring addiction. Let me be the one who satisfies you, says Abba Father. Let me be the one who nurtures you. Let go of the junk. Let go of the sin. Let go of the trash that I died for. And receive purity. Receive sustenance. Receive nurturing in Jesus' name.
2: Hallelujah. Now we all must receive that. Oh, you so if you feel the presence of God, say, say hallelujah! Say hallelujah for the sake of time. We got to get to the word, but God's presence is so strong. Remember, you can always stay and linger in His presence after the word, but right now, just say hallelujah! Hallelujah! If you feel His presence, say hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's amen. give God the praise and the thanks. God's presence is so strong. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all I can say. And also, all I can say is that I would like to dismiss the children. <laughs> the children that are going to back in the nursery, feel free right now. Parents, dismiss your children. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Bertle. Praise God. Oh, Lord, God Almighty is good welcome to this wonderful morning service right now i want to take advantage to preach the gospel to you there are here that are unbelievers unsafe and those are watching through the webcam i have a message for you can i get up the scripture please revelations 22 12 says look I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I'm gonna use a little more scripture. I don't want to speak for myself, but I want to speak. I want to speak on behalf of Jesus Christ in his word. After this, Jesus said, for those idolaters, fornicators, evildoers, there will be a lake of fire for those. For those that have to hold on to the words of the prophet, they can they're welcome to. Into paradise, into the, get a taste of the tree of life. I kind of want to touch on God's wrath. And, you know, God is so serious about hell. (laughs) I have some scriptures just to back it up. Jesus is so serious about it. If I didn't talk to you about the wrath of God, I will minimize the love of God. If I didn't tell you about His wrath, what good is Christ dying on the cross for you and I? Amen. Right here in the scriptures, and the wrath of God is a fundamental truth all through the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's found in so many passages. Yes, don't get me wrong. This the same Jesus quoting the scriptures. There's the same Jesus that says, come to me, all you who are tired and worried. Yes, it's the same one. There's the same Jesus that says, I will give your life to the fullness of the abundance. But I want to talk about the Jesus that I know, this Jesus that I hope that you know. I hope you know this Jesus that says in Matthew 3, 12, gathering his wheat into the barns and burning off the shaft with unquestionable fire. It's going to be like those, the church, those unbelievers that are going to be like the shaft, those that were unproductive with their lives, Jesus will gather them and throw them into the fire. Matthew five twenty two, Jesus said, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to the brother or sister raka is unanswerable to court and anyone who with, says you fool will be in danger of fire. This is serious. Do you take these words of Jesus serious? Matthew 5.30, And if your right hand costs you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Matthew 10.28, Do not be afraid of those who will kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul, body, and hell. That's Jesus speaking. Matthew Matthew 12.36, but I tell you that everyone who will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Every empty word you have spoken, you will be judged. Everybody will be judged, myself, you, and I everyone, especially for you, unbeliever, and here, unsaved person that watching through the web can do you hear. Take heed of the words of Jesus Christ. There's a hell if you do not repent. Become a believer and put your faith in Christ Jesus. Matthew 23, you snakes, you blood vipers how will you escape being condemned to hell? Matthew 24, 51, he will cut them into pieces, assign him to the place where the hypocrites, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, 30, and throw to the worthless servants outside into the darkness, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. John three thirty six. whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains in them. I pray that right now, those if you can please stand. Let's please, please stand. I pray that those words of Jesus Christ, you will take serious. He's serious about hell. He will send you to hell. If you continue in evil ways, if you continue in sin, but praise God for his love, amen? Praise God for his love that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God for his love. Praise God for the love that he has for you and I. His son shed his blood for us. Jesus. This is the good news. There is hope. There is hope for eternal heaven, for life. And it can start here today and now. There is hell. If you don't take it serious, there is life. If you allow God to just move in your heart. Amen. I'm going to pray right now. I have Cynthia and... Rudy over here that they will be here for you after the fellowship to pray, during the fellowship to pray for you. If you want to, you know, continue and growing in the Lord. So I just want to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every every person in here that is unsaved, that's an unbeliever, those that watch through the webcam. Father, I pray for your convicting spirit to come in their hearts. God, do only what you know how to do it, Lord God. I'm nobody. I'm just speaking your word, and I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will move in their hearts, Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Praise God for His good news. <laughs> We'd like to confess. We'd like to recite our confession of faith. We we recite this every Sunday. It's a Christian worldview. Every church and Every Christian church worldwide believes this. So let's, let's all recite that. If anybody needs a copy, just raise your hand. We have an usher pass you a copy. Okay, we have two over there. Usher with a copy. There you go. It's coming right behind there. So in the count of three, let's recite this together. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the death. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all believers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell should not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone. And for the glory of God alone. Amen. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. If today was your day of salvation, please come to these worker, uh, prayer workers. Let's spend the next couple of minutes just saying hi to each other.
3: have you all here with us this morning as you guys make your way back to your seat. Welcome. Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mamas out there. Come on, let's give it up for the mamas. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You guys, we, I'll say we, because I'm included, we deserve this day, don't we? Come on, so just thank you so much for joining us here. We have a special gift that we want to give all the mothers here in honor of everything that you do for your family, for your children, and all of those around you. So thank you so much for being here. Here at MPI, we have two main services. Sundays at 10 a.m., our family service, and then Fridays at 7 p.m., Elevate Youth Service. Come on, elevate. Elevate. Amen. So every Friday at 7 p.m., our youth group meets here. And so here is a quick announcement. Puerto Rican Festival Outreach 2014. Come on, we have been faithful going out there every single year for about seven years now. And so this year, it's uh, Saturday, June 14th, that we're making our way out there. We're going to meet here at 10 a.m. We're going to get prepped out. We're going to preach our guts out. Amen. We're going to bring the gospel. We're going to bring the good news to Humboldt Park. So please... Set this date apart on your calendars. Check us out on Facebook. We have an event page. Please hit going or joining the group. And then get excited for God to use you, all right? And so here at MPI, we have a vision of loving God and loving people. The two greatest commands, yes, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And so what we do here, what this church is all about, it's about discipleship. Somebody say discipleship. God has called each and every believer to be a disciple. So first you wanna get connected to Jesus Christ. So if you guys know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, amen. He is our Lord and Savior, it's all about Him. So once you get connected to Jesus, we wanna make sure that you get connected to one of the life groups. So if you please turn on the back of your announcements, if you've gotten them already, you will see a complete listing of what you, we have going on this quarter for life groups. Now life groups are a place where disciples share life and so as you can see we have something for everyone we have a prayer group we have a children's group we have adult bible study group uh, evangelism single men's marriage group something for everyone to get connected and so please take a look at whatever you would want to get connected in and get plugged in this uh, this month and so here's what's going on this week today we have the single moms group at 5 p.m Yes, I know they're going to have a great time of fellowship. Uh, Sunday, today at 5 p.m., we have Encounter Prayer Group uh, meeting at 5 p.m. Yes, give it up for that. Then Wednesdays, we have our King's Kids Ministry, all the way from infants to 11 years of age meeting at 6.30. Parents, you can stay with them or you can drop them off. Friday, adult Bible study at my place. Come on, give it up for that. Come on, adults. they want to see you make it out, come on, study the Word of God with us. Meeting at 7 p.m., child care provided as well. And then Saturday, Elevate Youth Hangout. Come on, you guys are having a, uh, what is it? Dye your own tea uh, hangout. Yes, yeah, so ring that. Ring, you're going to have a great time. 11 to 18 years of age, meeting at 12 p.m. here at the church. And then last but not least, Saturday Evangelism taking place at 5 p.m. here at the church. Yes, and you know what they're doing? Actually, evangelism group is going to different parks throughout the city of Chicago, preaching the gospel and just meeting amazing people. There's tons of fruit that's coming forth from that. People who are opening up and just saying, yes, I need Jesus Christ, asking for prayer, or just really just receiving truth. So please get connected to one of those groups and let God use you, all right? And so next, after you get connected, we wanna see you get mentored. Somebody say mentored. Come on, we go through the one-on-one discipleship here at MPI, just helping you grow closer to Jesus. And you meet with the leader here at the church in a time that's convenient for you. So after you go through the one-on-one, you go through the 201. Somebody say 201. Come on, there's a one-on-one, there's a 201. And so this is disciples making disciples because God wants to use you. He wants to train you up. It's not just the leaders that God wants to use, it's every person in this group, in this room has a purpose a God-given purpose to be trained up and to take that gospel, the treasure that's inside of you, and to share it with those around you. And so that's why the last step of our discipleship strategy is to be sent. Somebody say, send. God wants to send you all over this world, in your life, in your communities, in your workplace to be a light in the midst of darkness. And with that, with that discipleship strategy, we have a goal of 100,000 disciples here in the city of Chicago, 50 churches here and 500 all around the world. If you believe God can do it, come on, give him an amen. Shout hallelujah. Amen. And now it's time to prepare to give our tithes and offerings. Please turn with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse Seven. second corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 we are on lesson number five on offering in the disciples giving book and this lesson is called offerings should be given cheerfully somebody say cheerfully let me see your smiles come on let me see your cheerful faces there they are so if you're with me in 2 corinthians 9 7 let's read each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver amen Amen. not not a grumpy giver a cheerful giver right and so here are the main points that we have from this passage number one our giving should come from the heart offerings should be given from the heart and not the manipulation of man one should pray and ask God to speak to their heart about giving what is best for their life and the kingdom of God. So it takes relationship, right? First and foremost, it's between you and the Lord. You're in prayer. You're saying, God, speak to me. Put it an out." And because he's spoken to you out of obedience, you are going to respond, right? It's number two. It says it's not forced. Offerings are between you and God, so you should never feel pressured to give. Your offerings must come from the joy of being blessed by God to be a blessing. So I'm blessed, right? We're blessed. And we're saying, God, because I'm blessed, you've blessed me. I want to bless others. And number three, cheerful giver. The Bible states that God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because cheerful givers truly understand that they are sharing in the work of God upon the earth. We should enjoy giving God our offerings just as much and more than we enjoy spending our money on clothes, rent, Cars, hobbies, or vacations, and Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts and all that good stuff, right? Come on, we should be cheerful. You know, just as much as it feels feels good to go buy that new outfit or that new tool, fellas, or something. You know, it's like it's the same way as we should be excited and cheerful to give into God's kingdom, amen. So, in summary, here let's read this together. Cheerfully give your offerings from a loving heart of generosity, amen. So here's how you can apply this to your life. Be a faithful tither. Never give under pressure or to please man. And number three, give generous offerings to God from a cheerful heart. Amen. Please stand to your feet with me this morning. Let's recite this confession together. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word Sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. Amen. So here at MPI, when you give your tithe, that's 10% of your total income, it goes to the general fund. It pays for the lights, all the things that you see around here, that's 10%. Anything that you give after that becomes your offering. So here at MPI, you can choose, hey, I want to give to the building fund. That's uh, any projects that we have going on. Or you can choose... uh, to go to missions offerings, and so this year, at the end of 2014, we are taking a trip to the Philippines, come on, and so we're asking you, yes, we're raising $20,000, and we're well on our way to reaching our goal, so please partner with us, and ask God to give you that amount, so let's recite this uh, scripture together, Acts 20, 35, the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive, let's pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, we thank you for your presence, your power. powerful presence. And God, we just continue. We ask that you would speak to your people this morning on an amount, dear God, and how to partner with this church, dear God, in your kingdom. Father, I pray for cheerful hearts, obedient hearts, dear God, as they hear your voice. And Father, I pray for those who are struggling financially. Father, I pray for wisdom. Father, I pray for favor and breakthrough, dear God, over financial stress. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Please come up as you give and thank you.
1: i says-
4: Let's give it up as the kids come to their mothers. And how many love mothers in this place make some noise. Let's squish them all in. Go to your mothers, young ones. Go to your mothers. Find them. Sit on their laps. Sit on your parents' laps. Find your parents. Welcome to Metro Praise. We're going to honor our moms right now. We wanna thank God for all of our mothers that came here today. Children, keep making your way to your parents. Put on some happy music in the background, please, as we're doing this. We're waiting for all the kids to come on into their parents. Sit on their laps. Good to have all the mothers here today. We're gonna to bless you. There's my little ones right there. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
4: <laughs> when I say mothers, you say day Mothers, mothers. when i say i love you say mom i love i love all right all right so today is mother's day just keep it lightly in the background you today's mother's day i want to show you guys some things when i think about mother's day and all that my wife has gone through i think of some of these pictures right here how do i put this you will never sleep in again my wife used to be a sleeper in her, but not anymore not anymore not anymore you know that's what it's like being a mom right how about this if you can see it when moms are getting ready compared to when dads are getting ready dads we just go into the shower put on some cologne get our clothes nice and ready the moms are doing all of this and then we ask the moms why is it taking you so long Help us mothers, help us, you gotta remind us sometime. How about this, this is mom sleep. The act in which your eyes are closed but you hear everything the kids are getting into. Does any mom have like that sixth sense? You could just close your eyes and still hear it. Moms, you guys are the best, only moms can do that. Here's some mom luxuries, showers. Like right now, after my wife just had our new baby, we have all these other kids, just her taking a shower is amazing. Non-pajama clothing, hoop earrings. Any mother ever have to learn the hard way? Get your earrings pulled down. Heels, sitting down and chewing your food. Moms, we love you because you do all of that. How about this one? You know you're a mom when you go shopping at Target by yourself and it feels like a vacation. But going on a family vacation feels like work. I know I feel sorry for moms. You guys have to work all the time. Like Nancy begs me, 8 o'clock, can I go to Target? And and that's after we put the kids down. And sometimes I'm like, no, because they make it up. They make it up. And I want to make sure you're here. I'm learning to be a better dad. How about this? This is a mom's heart right here. I don't need a big, fancy vacation. I'd be happy with a trip to the bathroom by myself any potty training moms here diaper changing moms you have to take them everywhere you go i know you guys can understand that here's some differences between moms and dads again this is exactly what it's like in my house when mom's alone with the baby when i'm alone with the baby scrunching the fish of the face together making funny faces how about this this is the difference between moms and dads again As the father sees it, just tossing the baby, as the child sees it, as the mother sees it, oh my God, what's going on, oh Dios mio, Ah!" (laughs) My wife gets so scared, we have a playground in the back, everything scares her, but hey, no one will love you like your mom, right, because if you get hurt, who's going to help you? Your mom. Dad's just picking you up and giving you to your mom. That's all that's happening, so they got to be ready for all of that. How about this? I think all parents can relate to this. That awkward moment when you realize you just punished your kid for acting exactly like you. Any parents have ever done that? Where did you get that attitude? And then you, you realize it was you. You taught them how to do that. Thank you, my brother. You can cut off the music. I would like to ask if there's any older children that can read that would like to read a poem on behalf of all of the moms. So I'm going to give a chance for any child to read a poem. And I may call on this young man right here. This may be some of the children's biggest fears. But Jessica, I was thinking your son, you think he could do it? Would you want to read a poem, bro? Let's give it up as he comes. Come on. I was thinking you would be one of the guys that would do it, man. Tell everybody your name.
5: Jeremiah.
4: All right, let's give it up for Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah, just take your time and read it right here. To my dearest mother.
5: To my dearest mother. My mother is a special part of all that I cherished in my heart. She is my pearl, my soul, my mate. She is the one to make life great. She is an angel without wings who makes life special with the littlest things. Whenever I'm in need of love, she is there from the heavens above. Whenever I'm in need of a shoulder, there's no, there, there's no one as devoted as my mother. Her presence and love have have always been there. Everything in her nature is to only care. With, with every soft hug and kiss, the world seems more beautiful and blessed. I'm sorry for all the times I caused you pain, but after these brief storms, my love still remains. I love you so much. I love you forever. I wrote your name on my heart, and it will stay there forever and ever.
4: Yeah, good job, Jeremiah. Good job. Awesome. Mothers, we love you. How about a young lady? Does any young lady now want to read one poem for their mothers? Do we have any? Hannah, would you like to read one? No, I'm kidding. You don't know how to read yet. That's okay. (laughs) Any young girls want to read? Would you want to try? No, a little shy. Don't want to make anybody feel weird. Oh, I see one back there. I see Desiree's daughter I think she should do on Desiree started, The name just slipped my mind. Kaylee? Kayla. Kayla. Woo! You peeked out a little bit too much. It was the Lord. It was meant to be. And just take your time. Don't be nervous. The centerpiece of my life. Okay, you're going to read this for us?
5: Mom, you are the centerpiece of my life. Light in my son. I cannot thank you enough for all you have done. You make me smile when I'm sad. You're the best mother a child could ever have. You console me deeply when something's wrong. You know when something's happened or something's going on. I appreciate the love you bring in. You cheer me up when I lose. You make me laugh when I win. You turn my moon into a sun. You've done too much, though my life has just begun. You give me a shelter and food to eat. You're the soles in my shoes, the bones in my feet. You support me and hold me tall. You stand me high and don't let me fall. You make my life easier in every way. That's why I want to say Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, good
4: job, good job. And now for the matriarch of our family, 40-plus years of marriage, four beautiful children, including me, I'm going to have my mother, Lorraine Vorostik, come share a word with you. reach as long as you want
6: (laughs) that's not true well I didn't know I was going to stand before you today I could have been a little bit prepared but I just want to say that God is good and being a mother is a journey and I tell you I thank God for the special things that he's put into a mother's heart because I tell you if it was up to men to have babies and to nurture and raise these children the earth would be a lot less populated So, but I thank God. I think the scripture I'm thinking of today is uh, when I uh, think about being a mother is, thank you, Lord, that you were always on my side. And um, through it all, Jesus was there. And uh, when we had Joe, I don't know if that was God saying, this is a test. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I passed the test and sometimes I didn't pass the test. But I remember Gloria Copeland saying one time about her, uh, her son John, who was very obstinate, and she said, I ought to thank him, she said, because he really improved my par- prayer life, and I developed a prayer life because of John. And I think it was the same way with Joe. I de- developed a prayer life when Joe came along, and I knew that God had a calling on his life, but the devil wanted him, but God wanted him more, and God won the victory in that situation. So I turned to the Lord when Joe started to do things and uh, turning his back on God. And it was just, you know, it's so wonderful to have the word because sometimes when you don't know what direction to go or even how to pray, you just open up the word. And Joe, I knew Joe was raised in church, so he had the word of God in him. And I found a scripture in Jeremiah, and it says, Does not my word burn like a fire? And that's exactly, if you know Joe, that word burns like a fire. And in Jeremiah, it also said it breaks the hard places. And I know that Joe had a hard place in his heart toward the Lord at a certain time. And that word that burned like a fire turned and um, broke the hard places in Joe's life. I'm not a real mushy mom. The journey's been long. The journey's been hard. But I'm just so thankful that God's been on my side. And sometimes in in being a mother, you know, you're a mother until you die. And sometimes being a mother is not easy, even when they're adults. And so one time I was in bed and I was just stewing, stewing about these kids. You know how you can stew. Why aren't they acting this way? Why aren't they doing this? And God said, listen. He said, well, he didn't say listen because he knew I was listening. He says 1 Corinthians 13. You know, that's the love chapter. And so, you know, it's things that we want to figure out ourselves, but we need to go to the word, and the word tells us to love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not hold offenses. And so the best moms that we can be is to be like Jesus to our children, and he will give you everything that you need at all times. It's not easy, but life is not easy. God didn't say that I'm going to give you a paved road, but God gives us what we need all the time, and so even though we're honoring mothers today, you have to really honor the Lord. Because because of his love, he picked us up. Because of his love, he turned us around. Because of his love, we can love like he does. Because of his love, we can forgive. And because of his love, we can be like Jesus. And so I thank you, moms, for being all that you can be. You're such young. I see the young moms in this congregation, and I, I just thank the Lord because of the way that you're nurturing and caring and loving your children and rearing them up with the love of God, because there's no greater way that you can do that is with with the love and with the word. And these children know the word. They sing the word. They dance the word. And it's an awesome, awesome beginning for our children.
4: All right. So we just want to give our mothers a gift. But I don't know how we're going to do that when you have your hands full of children. So why don't we just pray for our mothers right now, And then as you send your children back, we'll play some music, and then we'll give you our gift at that time. How does that sound? Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for all the mothers here today. We pray that you'll bless them and make them strong, help them to serve you all the days of their life. In Jesus' name. And can everybody say amen? If you love your mother, come on, give them a hand clap. Let's play some nice music. Kids, you guys can go to the back. As the kids are going, ushers, would you grab those gifts that we have and start handing them out to the moms? Thank you guys, thank you all young ones, we love you. You guys are cool, we got a rose for mom. We got coffee mugs with some candy. Look at these little cute ones right here, are they twins? They are, little twinsies. Ushers, let's get some, uh, some help on this side over here to our moms and then somebody can work this side. Thank you, just take a few moments, talk to your mom. We're going to give out these gifts right now. Every mom arose with a mug, with some candy. Let's make sure we get all of our moms. We got some in the corner over here. Thank you moms, we love you so much. We love our moms here. Brother, can you put up the sermon while they're doing that just for these few moments? If you got your Bibles, open them with me to Matthew chapter 5 as we're handing out our gifts to our mom. So glad that you're here today. No place I'd rather be with my mom than at church. No place I'd rather be than here at church with my mama. Matthew chapter 5 is what we're into today. We're in a whole series called the Sermon on the Mount, and during this sermon, we're learning about Jesus' most important teachings. Everybody say, Kingdom Basics. Thank you. We're talking about what is most important in the kingdom. And as you're getting these gifts right now, I want you to hear my heart. If you could read any portion of the Bible, just as a Christian or even as a person researching the Bible, I would say read these uh, scriptures. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. No better place than to see what Jesus is about. You'll learn so much. And for all of those in the church that are going through the series, have you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7? okay if you haven't read it yet you should just a few more moments as we're getting the gifts to the mothers mothers if you haven't got a uh, a rose or a chocolate-filled mug would you raise your hand we want to make sure we get you all the mothers all right all right we love our moms dads we're going to give you a hammer okay so you guys make sure you guys come here in June and we're going to give you a hammer (laughs) yes oh man Look at the passage here, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 verses 27 through 30, or I have the wrong one here, sorry, Uh uh-oh, let me get it, Matthew chapter 5. Verses 30 through 31. If you're uh, 31 through 32, if you're there, can you say I'm there? Okay, here we go. It has been said. Who's talking here? Jesus, okay, this is all red letters. If you have a Bible that, that has red letters when Jesus is talking, all 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew are all red because this is Jesus talking. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, everybody go, ooh. Yeah, we're going to be talking about divorce and remarriage today. Now, I did not set this up for Mother's Day. God did. I had this series planned months in advance. I got Cynthia as my witness. By the way, it's Cynthia Roldown's birthday. Let's just give her a hand clap. Amen. We already sang her happy birthday, but y'all can do it later. Good to have our mama back healthy and whole. She went through some hardships, but she's here. Amen. She deserves every bit of that. And so, Cynthia, she knows what I'm talking about. We have gone through this just based on what God told us, and it just happened to be today on Mother's Day. We're going to talk about divorce and remarriage. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think all of us should pay attention and hear what God is trying to tell this church. Because God cares about our families. And women, it all starts with you in a lot of ways. And I'm going to tell you this because if you did not give up the goods, if you waited to marriage until you had sex with that person, I guarantee you there would not be any single moms and there would be nobody here living with a man that they weren't married to. See, come on, women, I'm going to keep it real with you today. If you said, no, you're not getting any until you put a ring on it, there would be a different scenario going on in a lot of lives. We're not here to judge. We don't want to make single moms feel bad. As a matter of fact, we have a single mom's life group with one of the best single mamas who's now gotten married and who's a mama-to-be. She's about nine months prego, Pastor Lauren Sayansky. And she knows what it was like being a single mom for many years, raising her child. And every mom's story is different. We're not comparing. I'm just saying, if you want to go to her life group tonight, single moms, you should do that. And let me put in another plug. Also, all moms that love to take an evening off, bring all your kids here Wednesday for King's Kids. Drop them off and enjoy the night. Drop it like it's hot. Amen. And then go enjoy the night. And if you want to stay with your kids, that's cool. Stay with them. But it's from 6.30 to 8 every Wednesday. My wife and I actually use it as a date night we'll drop off our kids and go on hang out with each other because that's what wednesdays are for is for our kids amen okay so divorce and remarriage no coincidence Sermon on the Mount, as we look at our notes right here, is the longest portion of Jesus' teaching found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. All throughout this series, we're learning about different things. Last week, lust and adultery. The week before that, anger and violence. We're learning the the core teachings of Jesus. If you want to encourage your friends and family over Facebook during this series, hashtag Kingdom Basics after the different things that you do. And I was real encouraged because some girls went out witnessing. I see them right there, Kelly and her friend Demetria. Come on, let's give it up for some Southside. Come on. They were witnessing on the south side and they put up kingdom basics. See, that encouraged me so much because Jesus talked about being the salt of the world, the light of the world. See, they're living it out. If you want to do that throughout this series, it would encourage us. Anything with the kingdom, put kingdom basics. Disciples, somebody say, disciples. Thank you, that's who Jesus is talking to So when he says, you've heard it say, don't get a divorce And then I tell you, you know, do it like this and that When Jesus is talking, the ones he's talking to are disciples So do I have any disciples here today? Okay, about four of you, anybody else? I thought there was more than four, amen? So that means you got to take this serious. So when I start getting into what he talks about marriage and divorce and all this, you've got to take it serious. Because a disciple is not just a hearer of the word, they're a doer. Jesus came to make students and followers of his word. And then lastly, kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It's the act act of rule and reign of Jesus in our hearts as he is in heaven. And we're going to learn about the Lord's prayer. Because guess where the Lord's prayer is found, y'all? Sermon on the Mount. Yes, look at your neighbor. Say, it's there. Come on, tell them. It is there. You will get to it. And that part of the Sermon on the Mount says what? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in Okay, so is there divorce in heaven? No. Is there chaos in heaven? Is there violence? No. So we need to have that here on this earth. Now let me get your attention with some hard hitting facts about why we should all be paying attention to this message. Not just those who are married or single moms or single dads. This is for everybody. Everybody needs to learn from this. Those who have made the mistakes need to learn how not to do it that way again. Those of us who are married and have already learned from our mistakes now need to do it right. Amen. And if anybody's perfect and haven't made any mistakes, we dismiss you now to go float on the cloud and go do whatever you do. Okay? <laughs> But right now, for all people who've made mistakes and have done things wrong or want to learn how to do it right, this is for us. Amen? The U.S. divorce rate right now is 41% for first-time marriages, almost half. Those who get married the second time, which is a good thing to get married, but on the second marriage, the divorce rate goes up to 60%. And on the third marriage, it is as high as 73%. So that shows you right there that we are not learning from the mistakes we made in the first one. A lot of people are saying, well, I'm going to do it better this time. But if you are still the one that's at fault and have troubles, you'll bring your troubles right in that relationship. You can't run away from you. You have to change. So we need God's help in this, don't we? Okay, let's go to adultery stats. You know, having sex outside of your marriage when you're married. 12% of men, 7% of women have sex outside of their marriage. That means 10% or 1 out of 10 of marriages right now are suffering from infidelity or adultery. Isn't that sad? 1 out of 10. The infidelity rate for men over 60, because a lot of times we we used to look to our grandparents and say, oh, they're going to keep it together, but this generation of grandparents is from a different generation than the previous grandparents. Let me just explain this to you. The generation of grandparents that we used to look to hitting their 50th anniversaries were mostly from the World War II generation. Now we're having grandparents that are from the 60s and the 70s, and you know what's happening when that generation, 28% now are having infidelity, having adultery. That's now almost. 3 out of 10. Why? One reason is Viagra. Let's just keep it real. People like, hey, I can keep it going for a lot longer. Another thing is is the life expectancy is getting longer. People are living to 80, 90 years old. For men, it's gone up to 28% from 20% just in 1991. That's a 6% increase. So age is not going to save us. Only God can save our marriages. Amen? Uh, Listen to this. For women, it's even a higher jump from five percent to fifteen percent that is a ten percent increase why is that A lot of women are independent now they pay their own bills they have their own job they're like I don't need you anymore I'm gonna go out and live my life the way I want to do it so what does that come down to that comes down to a falling apart of our oldest generation right now there's an increase but how, hold on what about our young ones 20 percent of men fifty percent of women under 35 have already been unfaithful That means that the younger generation has double, double the infidelity rate of their parents. How many believe that? All you have to do is just see what's going on on TV with our favorite movie stars, our favorite television stars, music stars. You see it's falling apart all around us. Now, what is the number one thing that people are saying is a solution to the problem of divorce and infidelity? What do you think comes to people's minds when they say, hey, I think I got a way around all of this? Cohabitating, right? Living together before marriage. Do you think that's going to work? Let's look at some cohabitation. Now, by the way, everything I'm giving you, I have the sources online for you to check out. I have taken this portion from a New York Times article, not from Jesus Loves Me article. This is a New York Times article. Do you all get that? This is what the world is saying about this epidemic, cohabitating. Okay. Cohabitation in the United States has increased more than 1,500% in the last 50 years. About 450,000 people lived together in 1960, now 7.5 million. The majority of young adults in their 20s will live with a romantic partner before they will get married. Majority of the ones in their 20s. Right now it's commonplace. The shift has been attributed to now birth control and the economy, so it seems like it's a better deal. We can live together, not necessarily get pregnant. We can share the bills, and then lastly, we can test our relationship. I want to see what they're really like before I move in with them. You know what they call this? They call this cohabitation prophylaxis. took me a minute to pronounce that. Everybody say prophylaxis. A prophylaxis is that action you do to avoid a disease. It's almost like being inoculated or being given uh, a flu shot before you get the flu. So what people are saying is, I'm afraid of divorce. I'm afraid of people cheating on me. So I'm going to cohabitate as a way to protect myself. But do you want to know if it's working or not? How many think those... Let's just take a vote before I read this. How many think those who live together... Before they get married, stay married better. Raise your hands. That means if you all in church, nobody raising their hand now. Like, you know it's wrong. You're not going to raise your hand. But you know, if I asked you on the streets and you didn't know me as a pastor and I just was surveying you. As a matter of fact, let me just give you the stats. Over 50% of young people said this. They would only marry someone if he or she agreed to live together with them so they could find out whether or not they get along. And now 60% said that moving in together would actually safeguard them from getting a divorce. So we know that would be the majority of people's response, right? We need to live together. This makes sense. But look at number six. But that belief is contradicted by experience. This is New York Times. Couples who cohabitate before marriage, and especially before an engagement or otherwise clear commitment, tend to be less satisfied with their marriages. Come on, somebody say less satisfied. More likely to divorce than couples who do not. These negative outcomes are called the cohabitation effect. That means people are thinking, I'm avoiding problems by doing this, but they're actually giving themselves a whole other set of problems. Now that you're in church and you're thinking a little bit more than maybe you normally would, let's just be honest, you're in church now, right? So you're like thinking about this. Think about it a little bit more and ask yourself, why would it cause problems? How about this? There's no real commitment. There's no real commitment. So what you're teaching each other is we can have sex, we can be intimate without committing our lives to each other. Why do you think now a ring would change that level of thinking? They never learned commitment beforehand. They're not going to learn it now. Hello, ladies, come on. Because I want the women really to hear me today and be encouraged. You don't have to be bamboozled by a man saying, oh, it's the same, we don't need to get married. No, that man is lying to you. It is not the same. Tell him, you can't sleep in my bed. We're not having sex until we get married. And we'll see how he acts then. Because if he really loved you, he would do something about it. He would commit himself to you. And if he doesn't, he says, no, uh, I can't wait for that. I got to go. Then let him go. Because that's the same thing he's going to do later anyway. Amen. And you're going to be better off right now saving all that drama. Come on. Any mamas want to save the drama? Or do you want some baby mama drama? Come on, save the drama, mama. Now I'm I'm preaching to my own family. My mother, who just gave you that wonderful testimony, had a baby or got was it the baby or pregnant before you were married married? Pregnant before she was married. My sisters have lived in shack-in relationships. Am I telling the truth? Okay, so I'm not just preaching to y'all like now I'm some pastor up here. Now, y'all got to remember me. First of all, I was a high school dropout. I did drugs. I lost my virginity at 15. It wasn't until I was 18 years old that my mother prayed me in after being arrested eight times. Are y'all listening to me? Okay, so I didn't come from a yellow brick road either. I'm being real with you. And then my family doesn't come from a yellow brick road. My mother buried her daughter because she died drinking and driving. That was the first funeral I ever preached was for my mother, and she had two kids, my two nephews. Okay, so we come from a real background, so let's all keep it real. But that does not change the fact. That doesn't change the fact. My life experience, your life experience, this cohabitation effect is breaking down the family. Now, I want you to think about this. Go to number eight, please. Consumer lock-in. Because this is end up what's happening. New York Times calls it consumer lock-in. Because they get together and they don't make a commitment for marriage, but eventually that birth control doesn't work, now they are stuck together, but they really aren't committed to each other. And now instead of having a marriage to base their foundation on, they base it upon sex and selfishness. They become now a volatile relationship. In a very unhappy relationship and the reason why they don't leave is because they don't have nowhere else to go. And they're locked in to this relationship. You know what I'm talking about. God has a better way for us. God has a better way than for us to get locked into this experience. So look at the results of cohabitating. The US marriage rate is now down 21% in 1960, 50, or right now 51% of people are married. In 1960, 72% of people are married. So our marriage rights are going down. Number two, the age of women getting married is getting older, 27 so how do you think that's going to be like raising kids when you're 35, 40 years old and they're still in high school and you're just dealing with this as an older person? Mothers and men, we were meant to do this in the days of our youth when we had strength, not in maturity, but as young people raising our kids, amen? I couldn't imagine having these babies at 34, uh, being 40, 50 years old or having them get older like that. We need to respect what our bodies were made for. God made them to raise children, not just to have sex for fun with people we're not married to. Sex is beautiful and joyous, but it produces a family. Why? Because now number C, unwed families, almost half of our children are born to parents that are not married. And this is where it gets real serious. D, now people are having abortions to get rid of their children. So people are like, oh, it don't hurt nobody. We're just living together. We're just having sex. We're just doing it on birth control. Yeah, but what happens that one time that birth control doesn't work? Majority of women now are saying, I'll kill my baby in an abortion clinic. Over a million children die in abortion clinics every year. 3,500. And then lastly, if they're not killed in the abortion clinic, they're more than likely going to be raised in a fatherless home because when that relationship gets bad enough to where they leave each other, they break away. Who's the one keeping the children now? So if half of our Children are being born to parents that are not married. What are we saying for the next 15, 20 years? Probably half of our kids are going to be living in a home where their father is not there. And what are the problems with fatherless homes? We went over them last week. Fatherless homes, the children are more likely to be promiscuous, more likely to be high school dropouts, more likely to do bad in school, more likely to be on the streets and in violence. Why? Because God commanded the father to be there as a leader. Not the mother by himself, though I thank God for every single mother in this house. My mom was a single mom, how long? For three or four years after, four years after you divorced, a man who cheated on you and was an alcoholic. So we're talking about it. But during that time, she said, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to live for Jesus, amen? So single moms, live for God. Put God first. He'll help you. But if we could start over again, wouldn't we want to do it God's way? And all those who are single, ready to mingle, can't we say to them, do it God's way? Amen. Let's look at what Jesus was saying now. Go back to the verse at the beginning, please, so now we can tie it in. You think Jesus is pretty important? now, Now after hearing the stats, do you think we should probably listen to him? Okay. He said, it's been told you that anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, getting to the understanding of divorce, go down in the notes, please. Divorce is to end that marriage agreement. We know that co- cohabitation doesn't help us, so what we need to build up is marriage. And one of the first things that we need to know is that when we're getting married, it's to death do us part. So now I'm not just picking somebody to live with to save money on the bills or somebody that I think's kind of cute. I'm picking somebody that I'm willing to spend all the days of my life with. And now divorce is not something that I do out of convenience. It's something that I don't ever want to have to do. But in the Old Testament, there were ways you could get a divorce. In Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4, we don't have to read it all. But they could divorce each other for any reason they wanted. We don't get along. We don't like each other anymore. And most of the time, this would be the man. This was called no-fault divorce. And that's actually now what we have in our culture. You don't need to prove infidelity anymore. You don't need to prove abuse or, 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 or vice versa towards the husband that he's committing adultery. We can now marry and then just simply show up at a divorce court and say it's over. Without any reason. Some states are making it mandatory to have counseling. I think those things are good. Especially when the, uh, the reasons are just they don't get along. As a pastor, you know what the first two marriages that I did at an altar like this are already divorced and they were young adults, and I think about those beautiful couples and how they came down the aisle and how all of their family was with them, and then we celebrated at the wedding reception, but then I thought to myself how just by themselves and lonely and hidden they go and get a divorce. No one's there. There's no big crowd. There's nobody cheering. Do you understand how it's a sad day when marriage is a happy day. But what changes between those two days? What changes between the day they say, everybody, look at us. Here I am. I love this person. And then when they're like, don't look at me. I hate this person. I just want to go away and hide and never see this person again. You know, why is it in our own human nature we feel ashamed when we get divorced? Because we know we've broke our commitment. We know on the inside we broke our commitment. And God wants us to care about it. We don't just divorce each other because we found a better woman or a better man or we don't get along like we used to. The only reason for divorce in the New Testament, go to point number three, is for the cause of adultery, an unbeliever, or if they, or, or uh, adultery or an unbeliever. Look at number three here. It says, Whoever divorces his wife must give her a legal document. But I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality. Everybody say immorality. Makes her commit adultery. So look what the Bible's saying. If you get married and then you just want to get a divorce for no reason at all except that you don't get along or the bills aren't getting paid or X, Y, and Z, you are now actually committing adultery. It's no different than if you, while being married, you started to cheat on that person. Why? Because God says, I honor the marriage even when you don't honor the marriage. A lot of times I'll talk to couples and they'll come to me and they'll say, Pastor, do you you think my girlfriend and I would make a good couple? And and I go, yeah, And, and they'll start dating. And then all of a sudden they'll break up and they'll say, Pastor, what do you think now? And I'll go, well, I thought you guys were still a good couple. I don't change my mind just because you change your mind. You know, if something went wrong, you guys need to work through it. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to stick together in their dating relationships, but it's so weird how dating couples will take me through their ups and downs and make me go schizophrenic while they're going schizophrenic. It's like, hey, I thought it was God. Now you say it's not God. What am I supposed to do about that? I don't think God changed his mind. It reminds me of the time with my dad. He meets Nancy for the first time coming to visit the church that I was working at, and he hugs Nancy. And then we get out into our car after the service, and he tells me, he says, that woman is going to be your wife or something like that, right? What did you say? Put in your words. What did you say? Yep. Now that sounded almost exactly like what I said. (laughs) Okay, thank you for the clarification, Dad. So then eventually I dated her, but then I broke up with her, and I became that same kind of person. I go to my dad, and I say, what do you think now about your word? What do you think now about what you say that God told you? And he said, I don't know what to say other than I still believe I heard from God. And guess what? It ended up being God, and I had to learn the hard way. How many marriages are going through that same thing? They say God told them to get married. They say to death do us part. They make that covenant. Then they change their mind. And then they say to their kids, to their family, to everybody around them, their church, Hey, don't ask me to keep my word. Don't ask me to give you an explanation. It's just between me and God. Well, then if that's the way you look at it, why don't you get married between you and God in the closet then and not waste my time and the church's time for us to have a ceremony where you make your vows before God and man? It gets quiet when I preach like that. for amens. And I'm, not, I'm going to talk about forgiveness for those who have gotten divorces. I'm going to use my family as the example. My dad er, married early on and got a divorce. How long were you married for? One year and got a divorce before he met my mom. Most people don't know what they're doing getting into marriage. But you got to do it God's way when you do. And we need to teach how to get married. But getting a divorce, once you're married, is not the solution you may think it is. Remember, the second marriage, you have more of a chance of failing. The third marriage, you have more of a chance of failing. And if you try to run away from marriage and say, we're just going to cohabitate, you're ruining it even that way. So there's only one way to do it right, baby. Stay holy and get married. That's the only way to do it. Any other way, you're going to mess it up. I got half the church with me. The other half are going, it's time to go home. That's all right. And then Paul gave us the other one. So the first one is for adultery, and I don't have time to read this. I will be sensitive. Thank you for coming on a special day. But 1 Corinthians 7, 10 through 15 basically says the only other reason that you can get a divorce is if you're a Christian and the person you're married to is not a Christian and they're going to make your life a living hell. And we put into that same thing abuse and physical abuse because obviously any man that abuses his wife ain't no Christian. And so we believe in that 100%. Women, anytime you are in an abusive relationship, get out of there. Amen. You do not deserve that treatment for anything. No matter what they say or do, you never deserve that. A lady should always be treated as a lady. Amen. Okay, so here's the summary, and this is where I want to share today, and then we'll just hopefully give our, ourselves some, some pointers because I need it. I want to survive the divorce uh, epidemic in our culture. Does anybody else want to survive that and have a beautiful life? Amen. Bless life with their family. Here's what we need to know about divorce. There's only two real reasons for divorce in the Bible. That's sexual immorality or an unbelieving spouse. That's the summary. Any other reason than that is unbiblical. Let me give you some of the more popular reasons today why people get a divorce. I fell out of love. Talking like love is something you tri- trip and fall into. Oh, I love you. And then all of a sudden you fall out of love. No, you've got to build love. You've got to grow love. You've got to have love and keep a hold of it and add to love. Amen? But that's a lot of what people think. They're selfish. Oh, I just fell out of love. It's over. Not getting along. And that may be true, and I want to talk honestly to a lot of the people here that may have gone through this. You may have been fighting like cats and dogs. You may not have liked each other anymore, but that's still not a reason to get a divorce. You had loved that person at one time, Your heart could have changed if you were willing to do it. And if you're in that situation now, don't quit so soon. Seek godly counsel. Seek God and see if he can change your hearts again. Because you used to love that person. Unless you were in an arranged marriage or something, okay? Unless somebody just showed up one day and said, you, you, y'all get married. That's the way it is. Y'all picked each other at one time. That means you guys can get along. Amen? And then lastly, just wanting to start new lives. Because they have already... Um, wanting to start new lives apart because both spouses and their new partners are guilty of uh, of adultery because reconciliation should have been considered. So these are the three wrong reasons. Number one, falling out of love, not getting along, and then just simply wanting to start a new life and then starting to commit adultery on each other. Is everybody with me on that? Pretty much common sense, amen? Is that common sense? We understand this. How about this? Forgiveness for those who have had an unbiblical divorce. Okay, so do I believe, uh, uh, Pastor Berto, could you get my rag over there? I am hot up here. How many are happy that it's hot again in Chicago? Amen. How many are glad it's not a Siberia? But how many already think it's too hot? (laughs) Like we don't have a spring. Berto, I'll get you the key right here. We don't have a spring no more. Amen. You all know that. But that's why when I first moved here, my wife said, thank you, sir. Let's give it up for Pastor Berto helping me out because I feel like I'm melting. When I first moved here, my wife was like, September's my favorite month. And I'm like, September? Like, who likes September, you know? Now I know why. Because, like, September's, like, really the only month it's still sunny and you can open up your windows. Because, like, right now, we can't have the windows open for me. It is way too hot. We've lost that spring thing going on, you know. And then you get summer, it's just hot. And then, you know, you get back into winter. So fall. Is anybody else like a fall? Anybody else? Amen. Here's forgiveness for unbiblical divorces. Let's say you're here today, and you would say, Pastor, I've had a divorce. And when I got a divorce, it wasn't because of an adulterous affair of the other partner, and it wasn't because they were not a Christian. So that means you had an unbiblical divorce. Either you were the one having the affair, you both just mutually split up a no-fault divorce, or something else happened. Listen to what the Bible says. If today you both are single and it's in your power, you should ask that spouse to forgive you and see if you can be reconciled. So don't just say, I want to hit reset and go start all over again. If you're still single and they're still single, you should take the humble road and say, do you forgive me? I'm willing to see if there's a hope here. I believe that's what the Bible says. Now, if you don't believe that's what the Bible says, show me in the Bible where it talks about what you're doing. I'm just trying to tell you what Jesus said. Now, you may say, Pastor, you you can't judge me. Did I tell you Joe wrote this book? I just read you what he said. Unless you get a divorce because of adultery, you are committing adultery. I can't change that. Amen? I'm stuck on the word. So I'm really trying to help you. If you want to be obedient to God and you had an unbiblical divorce and y'all are still separated and apart, you need to go back and ask for forgiveness and see if there's any hope of reconciliation. Next, the Bible says that you need to... If they are not able to be, uh, if they've already moved on and gotten to a relationship or they don't forgive you and it's not reconcilable after counseling, then you can go on with a clear conscience and be forgiven and know I've done everything right. Is everybody with me? I I mean, you did everything right when you knew you were supposed to do it. And then you can say, God, I want to start over again. That's why I look to my family. They started over again. My mom married the the woman, the man that got her pregnant. It didn't work out. He cheated on her, et cetera. She started over again, four years as a single mom. Met my dad. My dad had an early marriage, married for a year, got divorced. He started over again. He had to repent and do it God's way. Now their marriage, second marriage, has been 40 years. Why? Because they listened to Dr. Phil? No, because they did it God's way. Whenever you change, that's when you can have a new direction. But if you don't change where you're headed, you can never go in a different direction. If you keep doing the same things, you'll get what? The same results. So you have to ask yourself, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you tired of broken relationships? And are you willing to take a chance to do it right? You already did it wrong. Do it right and see what happens. Amen? You already listened to Dr. Phil and Oprah. Why not try Jesus now? Come on, somebody. So lastly, sexual immorality is sex outside of marriage. The examples of it today that are attacking marriages, let me encourage the marriages that are here to have sex with someone other than your wife, number one. Number two, to be romantic, kissing and holding on somebody else. Number three, to get into an emotional affair. Men, look up at me, please. To get into an emotional affair with someone that's not your wife, always talking to her at work, Facebooking her. That's already cheating on your wife according to the Bible. And then lastly, everyone listen to this too. Pornography, the addiction of pornography can ruin your marriage because it's having sex with someone other than your wife, mainly yourself. You're having sex with yourself, gratifying yourself. It will take away the spark of romance and love out of your relationship. Don't do those things, amen? For those who need to be remarried, there's really only two reasons to be remarried. If you were divorced or widowed. Okay, so this is now I'm talking about someone has been widowed. Biblical reasons to remarry, if your spouse has died, if your spouse cheats on you, if your spouse spouse is an unbeliever who does not support your faith in God. So does this help everybody what we need to avoid and what we need to focus on? Now can I ask Brother Vinny to come up in closing. Let me give you seven things to do to avoid divorce. And I'm going to start right now believing that everyone is going to do what's right. Does everybody want to do what's right? Amen. Even if we stumble, we're going to get back up. We're going to put our focus on Jesus. Number one, for all the single people, let's just make it real simple for our teenagers here, for young adults, you know, just anybody that's single in this place, even if you're six years old and you're single, it's just for everybody. Remain sexually pure until you get married. Amen. That sounds like Jesus to me, doesn't it? Or do you think Jesus says, act all ratchet out here and just hang, let it hang and have sex all you want? You think that's what Jesus says? Because we got a culture that says, you know, keep it ratchet, but Jesus says, keep it righteous. Amen? Can I just keep it real? All right? So all single people remain pure until you get married. Don't awaken your emotions through pornography or perversion or even dirty talk, fellas. Just keep pure. Tell your coworkers, do I look like a garbage can? Well, then stop dumping all that stuff in me. You want to talk about naked girls walking by or you want to show me this at the break room? Show that to somebody else. I didn't come here for that. They keep doing it, go tell your boss. The boss keeps doing it, tell the the owner. The owner does it, ask God whether or not you need to find a new job. Why? Because it's worth you finding a new job for you to have a healthy marriage. Because some men tell me, well, I just can't get away from it. Get away from it. Your family depends on it. Your children don't want to be raised by their mom men without you being around because you work somewhere where pornography was everywhere and you can never be true to your wife. It's worth it. I would rather have my dad be a garbage man and be by himself in a truck all day and dumping that thing in and be faithful to my wife than to him be a businessman caught in every hotel looking at the porn and can't be faithful because he's picking up prostitutes. Hello, somebody. Money ain't everything in this world. It's important, but it's not everything. If you've ever been in love, you know that's more worth more than money. And if you don't believe me, just listen to the Beatles. Because you can't buy them love. Can't buy me love. Okay. Number two. Marry a committed disciple who follows and obeys the word. So you're single. You're doing what you're supposed to do. The one you got your eyes set on now is a disciple. The one that's going to follow God with you. Number three. Now this is to everybody, now that you're married, do it God's way. So you go from single to marrying the right one to doing it God's way. And if you say, I've gotten saved but my spouse hasn't, you do everything God's way that you can. And then, once again, if they disqualify themselves, become an adulterer, you're free to start over again if you want. But you did what was right, amen? And if you need more info, go back to my notes and read Corinthians because it says sometimes you'll get caught in a mess like that. Even talking about the ladies, you'll be with an unbeliever. He's still doing bad. But if he doesn't beat you, mistreat you, abuse you, or cheat on you, stay with them, pray with them. But the moment he starts mistreating you, abusing you, all of that, just let him go then, okay? Because you can win your spouse to the Lord. So, but it never gives you an excuse to do what's wrong. But I'm talking mostly here to people who are married, who love God. Y'all better keep doing the right thing. Amen. Number four, fill each other's love tank. Has anybody ever heard that advice before? Love tank, fill it up. There's a book on that, five love languages. Fill each other's love tank. I believe this is a fair proof in your marriage. Just every day, find out what makes them happy and just do it. Every day. Like for my wife, she loves to hear words of affirmation. So every day, I'm just going to take time out of my day to look in her eyes and tell her how much I love her. She knows that I like having my back scratched I like a little QT time She's going to take a little bit of time Out of her day to do that Is it worth it? Yes, put down Facebook And put your face in his book And start loving each other Amen Number five Seek godly counsel and accountability If you see signs of perversion Or have continual intense fights So if your marriage goes on the rocks Don't quit until you seek help in the church Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why you give tithes and offerings here? Because you believe that people care about you here. Our pastors have gone to Bible college. They have sat down with other couples like yourself. They have some wisdom to share with you. There's older couples in the church that can take you under their wing. Don't quit and give up until you've done everything you can. Number six, pray and serve God together. When your mentality is about God, things of this world don't have the same appeal. So, for example, my wife and I put each other first, our kids first. Man, I don't even have time for an affair. Does anybody else kind of feel that way? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I man, I don't even have time to go and do that. My friend, he's a pastor. He just cheated on his wife, lost his whole church. And I, and I, and you know what? I was there in New Orleans. This is sad. I was there before it came out. He was living that double life for about six months. But you know what his wife was telling me? She was saying, I never see my husband anymore. He's always doing the ministry. He's always doing the ministry. And I looked at her and I said, honey, the ministry shouldn't take all that. I said, I'm in the ministry. I got a bigger church than y'all, bigger than all that. I said, I'm still home almost every single night from 5 to 9, putting the kids to bed. I said, it shouldn't take all that. Well, guess what ended up happening? Had an affair. Right? Right? See, you got to serve God and put your family and God for God, family, then job. Not God, job, then family, because then you'll lose your family. Can I get an amen? And number seven, daily walk in love and forgiveness. Your spouse is not perfect. So let's talk about that typical reason why people get divorced. It's not even adultery. It's just they they stopped loving each other. They fell out of love. Well, what happened is they stopped forgiving each other. They started holding in grudges. You said this, and and you did this, and I'm going to hold that against you, and I'm going to get one on you before you get one on me. If we truly want to last 40, 50 years, we got to go to that picture that I see on Facebook where they got that old couple up there, and they ask them, how did you make it 60 years? Because they said, we came from a time. in in, in our generation when things were broke, you didn't throw it out, you fixed it. Has anybody seen that on Facebook? See, we need to believe that, you know what, I got junk, they got junk. If I divorce them and get with somebody, I still got junk and then they got junk. That's never going to change. I have to learn how to get over my junk and I got to be patient with people in their junk. I've got to learn to do that because if I keep thinking I'm right all the time, then I'm going to be right all by myself. Hey, you'll be right all by yourself. Writing yourself Write uh, writing yourself Valentine's Day cards to the nicest, sweetest person I ever knew. Because if any time you get two people together, there's going to be disagreements. But you got to love each other through those disagreements. Amen. How many want to see God's marriages come on this earth? Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Would you stand with me as you do? Amen. Let me read this scripture in closing. Thank you, mothers, again for sharing this day with us. We are just so honored that you're here. Oh, God is good. God is so good. I believe that there is a blessing upon marriages in this house right now because I see so many marriages coming together in this church. I think I've married about five or six of you already, like in the last, I don't know, two years, and then maybe 10 in the last five uh, uh, five years. Why is there a blessing of marriage in this house? Because we're as young adults saying we're going to serve God. And I just want to encourage every marriage here today, no matter what age you are, serve God. And let's do this right. Let's read what Jesus said. This is what he said. You've heard it at weddings, but listen to it today, right? at the beginning the creator made them male and female can i just pause here this is why we don't agree with homosexuality you may say pastor that's harsh i can only say what he said that's it this is the created order male and female and what's supposed to come from sex when male and female get together children it's the bedrock of civilization this is what he said he made them male and female let me just pause here You may have attractions for the opposite sex, and I'm not here to say that's real or not real. That may be very real for some people here, but you have to understand, if you're going to be blessed by God, you have to ask Him to change your heart then and give you attraction for the opposite sex. Okay, I don't know if I said that right or I'm going to repeat it. You may say, I am attracted to the same sex, but your attraction should not dictate your life. As a man, I can be attracted to many of the same sex. There is nothing inside of me that is still saying I can be only attracted to one woman. Can I keep it real right now? Hello, men. I am still attracted to many women. (laughs) Y'all looking at me crazy. One pastor that keeps it real on Mother's Day. This is what happens. So I can still be attracted to many women, but what do I do? I keep control of my attractions. And it's the same thing with those who may be struggling with homosexuality. As it gets more popular in our culture, we're not trying to say you're not attracted to them. That may be very real. What we're saying is you cannot act on that attraction. Just like how God had to change my heart and make me obedient to only stay with one woman instead of following all of my attractions, you need to ask God to change your heart so that you will find uh, find attractive those that are of the opposite sex so he said he made the male and female for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his what his wife and the two will become one flesh so they're no longer two but one therefore what God has joined together let no one separate if you're going to build your marriage on Jesus Christ and that word would you bless him today come on and say amen. Amen. We thank you, God. Altar workers, would you come? Let's pray in closing. Father, we ask you to help us to build marriages according to your word, not according to culture, not according to our even desires or what we think. Help us to be the mothers and fathers, husbands and wives you made us to be. I ask that every marriage, if you're married, would you just hold the hand of your spouse right now? Would you just hold down the man just a moment, please? But if you're married, just hold the hand of your spouse. I'm going to pray for marriages right now. Father, I thank you for every marriage here. Most of them are moms and dads, too, and I thank you for them, God. I ask you, Lord, that they'll build their life on your word and that they'll never be torn apart, that adultery won't come in, that they'll live for you. Now, if you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend, would you hold their hand? God, I pray that boyfriends and girlfriends do it right today. I pray they don't live together, have sex together, be intimate together until they get married. And I pray, Lord, that both of them will be obedient disciples. And if they've made mistakes, they'll repent of it. And, Lord, they will do it right. And now if you're single, just raise up your hands and show me you're ready to mingle. Come on, we're going to hook you up today. No, I'm kidding. I still got my eyes closed. Amen. Just raise up your hands, single people. Come on. And say this with me. Say, Jesus... I'm married to you. In my heart, I'm devoted to you. Right now, I will wait until you send me my spouse. Come on, be dedicated to Jesus. Right now, I was kidding a little bit, but just say, I'm dedicated to you, Lord. Come on, single people, God, I pray that they will live for you and that they'll be so heavenly focused that they won't be able to meet anybody that's of this world. They'll only be able to meet people who believe in heaven and have their mind set on heaven, God. They're not going to be playing with the turkeys, God. They're going to be soaring with the eagles. And I pray they marry another eagle. And I pray you give them patience until they do, God. I pray you guard their eyes, God. And don't let them get jealous, oh, Lord. And single moms or parents here, bless them, Lord, as they're waiting. And bless their family in Jesus' name. And, Lord, as we go today and celebrate our moms, would you help us to be thankful, to remember all that they've done, To think about all they've done in our lives. Some are even missing their moms right now. I see many here today. Some of them that I've already been at their funerals this week and others a couple years ago, God. and Just be with those who are missing their mom today. And help us all to love you this week. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen one more time? Can you bless them one more time? Amen. Slap your neighbor, high five, and say, do it God's way. Do it God's way. God bless you. We'll see you next time. If you need prayer, would you come forward for your marriage? We'll pray for you.
0: If you're single, we'll pray.
4: Otherwise, God bless you. We dismiss
0: you. Have a great Mother's Day. Let no man separate what god has joined together let no man separate
2: amen if you need what prayer
0: god come on has joined together thank you jesus Let no man separate oh, you, what god has joined together oh, let on. no man separate oh, what any god has joined together Let no man separate. Oh while God has joined together. Oh come on Jesus. Oh let nobody separate.
1: Let no man separate. Oh God has joined
0: together. Let no man separate. We bless our marriages today. Thank you, Lord. What God has joined together, let no man separate. What God has joined together, let no one tear asunder. What God has joined together, let no man separate. Cause heaven is all around. Heaven is all around. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is all around us. I see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living. see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living. So
1: good,
0: so good, so good. I see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living. Cause heaven is all around us. And heaven is all around us. And heaven is all around us. Heaven is all God has joined together. What God has joined together. Let no man separate. What God has joined together. Let no man separate. What God has joined together. Let no one tear asunder. What God has dealt together. Let no man separate. What God has joined together, let no man separate. What God has joined together, let no one tear asunder. When God is joined together, let no man separate. Because heaven is all around us, and heaven is all. Heaven is
1: all
0: around us.
1: And
0: heaven is, all around us. heaven is all around us. Heaven is all around us. It holds us together. It holds us together. It holds us, it holds us together like glue your blood it binds your blood it binds every marriage every vow your blood it binds It's it's like glue sticking sticking everything together oh let no man tear it asunder Because it is written in the heavens That a man shall leave his dwelling place Shall leave his mother and father And cleave to his wife And the two will be one The two are one The two are one In Christ the two are one Christ the two are one, in Christ the two are one, they're made one. In Christ the two are one, in Christ the two are one, in Christ the two are one. Oh, they're one and one, cause heaven is all around us. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is all
1: around
0: us. I see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living. I see your goodness in the land of the living.
1: You restore, you restore, you restore and make all things new.